Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Our standard of excellence, I mean, I thought we played the most complete game, four full quarters on defense. There were some things that happened, but, you know, it was on to the next play. Uh, I thought our guys uh, really worked well together. All 11, not just, hey, the front rushed well. You can't rush well if you're not covering. You can't cover well if you're not rushing. So those go hand in hand, whether it's a four-man rush, whether you're bringing a pressure, whether you're, uh, you're having a simulated pressure, it doesn't matter. You know, rushing coverage got to work together. That is Joe Cullen, Jaguars defensive coordinator, uh, put together a heck of a... Uh, game plan against the Buffalo Bills. Can he do the same? Coming up on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts, Brent Ortner from String Sports Brewery. Each and every Thursday, we've got Jaguars All Access coming up. Shaq Griffin will join us. That's at 7 o'clock. You can come here to Strings. You can watch it on Fox 30, of course. And uh, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Stuart Weber in the Action Sports Shacks studios. Football at 5 is what we say. We'll pick the Thursday night game coming up uh, in a little bit. Uh, maybe even talk a, a shade of high school football and get a head start on that uh, in a moment. But the big stories, guys, in the NFL, uh, Cam Newton, Odell Beckham Jr., and I said this before the break, more name than game. Uh, do you think these guys will perform well with their new teams? Cam with Carolina and Odell Beckham Jr. now with the L.A. Rams. Personally, I, I mean, I like the Cam Newton move uh, simply because it's Carolina and he's got familiarity with everything that has to do with, you know, the city, the stadium, the practice. Now, obviously, different uh, coaching regime, you yeah. know, than he's used to with Matt Rule in charge there. But I still think that familiarity pays off when you're coming in midseason, coming off of, you know, not, you know, being on the street for a couple months. So... Personally, I, I, if there was a team for him to go to, I think this is a good fit for him to go jump right back into something he's familiar with. Yeah, I think they're kind of the same thing. I mean, there's, you know, Cam Newton has been storing that organization for a long time. Um, it, it is going to be a new scheme, but, you know, if you have a healthy Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, yeah, that doesn't hurt either. <laughs> uh, that doesn't hurt either, you know, in terms of the, the check down, if you will. Um, it, it's not like Robbie Anderson was getting a lot of passes anyways from Sam Donald, so that's not going to really maybe change much. You know, you you have a guy in, with Cam Newton that you haven't really had in a while with DJ Moore who, you know, when Cam Newton was back in Carolina, you had guys like Kelvin Benjamin. You had guys like Curtis Samuel who, you know, they were okay players but wasn't really the, the go-to uh, one receiver. Now you have that in Moore as well. So, like, the situation that Cam Newton finds himself in, it's a good one. And then as far as Odell Beckham Jr. is concerned, you know, this is going to be a pass-first team now with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay calling the shots. Um, I think he can succeed in L.A. It just It's a matter of will there be too many cooks in the kitchen? Is there too many targets to go around? And how is Odell Beckham Jr. going to act if he is the third guy getting the looks? If it is Robert Woods first, if it is Cooper Cup first, um, how, how is he going to respond to that? I loved, by the way, the tweet from Damian Wilson, Jaguars linebacker. Yeah. Where are the Rams getting all this money? Oh, yeah. There, there's no salary cap. Damian, come on, man. You should know better than that. Yeah. And and it makes you... I was trying to think of the Odell Beckham thing. The Odell Beckham thing's weird. It seems like a lot of teams stayed away. It seems like a couple teams were in the mix. Obviously, he wanted to go to certain teams. Uh, but the Rams, like, seriously, with no money, find a way to figure it out. And all these other teams with money are like, all right, well, we'll be just okay. We're not really trying to get that many wins. And I, I really just feel like the Jags, and again, I think the Jags were 
the, the agent of Odell Beckham Jr. in this situation, with the Jags, with the Lions, with anybody else, basically deterred those kind of teams from going after Odell Beckham Jr., the way they probably phrased the contract. So let's start there. I, I'm not blaming the Jags necessarily, but I kind of I think the Jags are in a place where, you know, you could talk draft if you want, like if they get three or four wins and they end up with a top five pick. But it's also okay, like, if they get six wins and end up with the 14th pick. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not that year. Like, this is not it. Now, for the Texans, they might be playing that game. The Jags are not playing that game. So winning as many games as possible this year, whatever you can do to help, when you still have, like, $29 million, I think it is, in cap space, I don't know. I don't know if the two go hand in hand. Like, are you really trying to win as many games as possible if you still have $29 million in cap space? I think that's a fair question. I think that's a fair criticism. Now, a team like the Indianapolis Colts, you can ask that too. They've got a ton of cap space, and I know they're trying to win, but they haven't won as much, so you can criticize them for maybe they haven't spent enough around that football team, Austin. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Colts and the Jaguars, they're separate entities right now. I think with the Jaguars, yes, you have a lot of money to spend. But to me, you don't spend that money until all the other pieces are put in place in terms of your foundation. And right now, that foundation isn't put in place. We've seen what happens when you build a foundation on a free agency. It might work a year. It might work two years. But you can't get consistent success year in and year out if you think that way. So I think that the proper way to build a franchise, to build up a team, to build a culture, is you build through the draft, you build through the guys that you want, and then when you're set and you want to take take the next step, then you spend the high price for agent guys kind of like the Rams have done now I mean the Rams are all in right the Rams have the talent to go to the Super Bowl they've showed that in the past now they're just spending where it's like hey this is all or nothing let's see what we can do let's get Von Miller let's get Beckham Jr. and let's see what we can do with it yeah I agree I I think they are definitely in that mode and there is a there is that kind of thinking and and GMs around the league think that way it's like all right where are we at right now is this where we want to spend our money do we save a little money and spend it in next year or is it 2023 because we think that's the year we're going to compete for like the big time our our quarterbacks in year three all this stuff i mean the jags did that but you could argue the jags did that like in the 13 14 15 16 build too late like they they waited too long to get some of those guys Mm -hmm. and so you got to time it right and where your roster is at um but uh, again i mean it's hard to say win 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 right now where there are players the jags could have acquired maybe or could have spent more money now it also can deter if you make the wrong moves it it could put you against things next year so there's a lot to think about uh in that regard back to the odo beckham why did he pick the rams he's got stafford apparently the report is that they throw the football first you know instead of run it and they don't get single coverage because of the other guys so he feels he has a chance to succeed there Uh, but i think stewart said it earlier i mean the guy that was coming on and that was reliable is van jefferson and van jefferson the former gator uh, has had himself a nice couple of years out there in L.A. I guess his snap count's about to go down, Stuart. Yeah, you just have to hope that if you're him and the coaching staff is going to preach this, that, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. I think that's Ooh. that's kind of the idea you have to go with, where if one guy does well, then, hey, that's going to take more pressure off you as that third receiver or whatever number you get slotted in as. The, the attention given to another guy is going to help you out now go take advantage of your opportunities was that a, a ted lasso quote I, I think it was from well before ted lasso but okay. it wouldn't surprise Sounds me like if it. ted lasso would use it as well it's pretty wholesome i like that yeah <laughs> it's very wholesome mm-hmm. <laughs> uh that is uh that is true i you still haven't seen ted lasso right <laughs> no we're all good right 
plenty of other shows out there, Brent. I don't like have Cody time for wholesome. I don't have time for wholesome comedies right now. We'll, sorry. We'll get, we'll get you there in the off season. Yeah, yeah. we're all good. Brent, did you, did you finish uh, Squid Game? I didn't start it. I'm out. <laughs> you all right? I'm out, man. I mean, he's angry. It's foot, it's I'm out, football man. Season. It is football season. So, I haven't, actually, I haven't finished Ted Lasso. I haven't watched it in like. I've got like six episodes. He's, he's busy, Austin. He does a lot of things. So am I. But, you know, you got, you got to make time for monumental shows. Okay. <laughs> I, I will, by the way, and on my preferred list of watching right now yeah. is uh, it's it's not Squid Game. What is um, it? It's, it's that uh, um, Grand Canyon. Yeah, Yellowstone. Yep. Yeah, because yeah. that came out like Sunday, the premiere. Now, oh, what I might do... Oh, no. I, I don't know how many episodes there are, but I might wait to so I can watch like five of them all at once. Have you, have you seen Yellowstone, Stuart? I have That's not. Uh, just this <sighs> the park. Kevin Costner being this this gangster type of deal. <sighs> okay. Yeah, we're all set, huh? <laughs> we're all set. <laughs> Kevin Costner nothing. wearing a cowboy hat and trying to boss people around in a in a rundown. <sighs> <laughs> we're all set. We're all good. Uh, meanwhile, you got people killing people playing tic-tac-toe. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you find out what people's motives are, Brent, okay? It's a psychological and a gory thriller. I, I, it's got it all. I'm kind of in the boat that it, it's a good thing not everybody has to watch all the same things, and we can all watch our own shows and uh, I guess so. I, not I, have I, to Have watch. you seen Squid Game, Stuart? I don't have the Netflix, no. Sorry. Oh, you, you don't have the Netflix. I don't have Get the Netflix. Get off your high horse. Sorry. Get off your high horse, Stuart. Was it free? I don't have that one, so. Okay, I got you. Um, you got to get that, I guess, Weber. You got to be able to see everything. I got to find someone I can make a trade with, yeah. Find somebody who, who needs, like, <laughs> a a HBO Max account, and then I can do a little swap Oh, so you have an HBO Max account, but you don't have a Netflix account. Sure do. Came, Interesting. Came with the cable. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, nicely done. Yeah. Well, you, you have to get your Game of Thrones in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the swap uh, with people, you know? Yeah. Hey, just an update for everybody on the Jags injury report. Uh, that came out this afternoon, uh, about an hour ago. And Miles Jack did not practice for a second day in a row. James Robinson moves up to limited, didn't practice yesterday. Claybrook's limited, uh, coming out of that concussion protocol. Trevor Lawrence limited two days in a row. Cam Robinson still limited. Uh, Gotsis had a personal day yesterday and practice full. Meanwhile, for uh, the Colts, just Jack Doyle and Rhodes did not practice uh, both days. Meanwhile, DeForest Buckner and Carson Wentz uh, limited today. They weren't even on the injury report yesterday. T.Y. Hilton did practice in full, and so did Darius Leonard. So uh, an interesting combination there for both teams. But now starting to wonder about Miles Jack. Doesn't look good for uh, the Jags linebacker. How much would that impact the defense? He's coming off a really nice game, Austin. No, for sure. Um you know, you need all hands on deck right now, and especially against a Colts team that is going to test the, these linebackers, you know, whether it's with the tight ends or with the running back. So depending what happens with the situation, it's one to keep an eye on because if you can't have all hands on deck, it could be an issue. One good thing well, for the Jaguars, though, is they do have a little bit of experience in playing without Miles. Obviously, he didn't make the trip to London, yeah. and the Jaguars still able to go get a victory over there even without him, although it was the Dolphins. It was the Dolphins, yes. yeah. 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 yeah, well, the thing that... Here's the thing that I, it gets my attention. Miles, I think, is a very good player. I think Miles played well last week. I think he's been inconsistent really well in so far this year. Um, but I, I think the thing that concerns me is that this team just had uh, a very good communication day after having a very bad communication day in Seattle. And defensive communication has been an issue 
a lot this year. So yeah. I, I think once you start taking somebody out, now I understand he's not calling the plays, not the quarterback there, he's a linebacker, pro probably a little bit better than losing somebody in the secondary in terms of communication. But uh, I still, I like the way, I got to keep everybody healthy all the time. I understand that. But uh, that would be my one thing. I'm like, okay, now will they be in sync? Whoever jumps in there, are they going to communicate right? Right? Mm -hmm. And are they going to do be on the um, the right play and, and whatever, the right landmark, all this stuff uh, that you know, you just worry about a little bit with this team because we've seen them not be great at the communication part. I think this is going to be an offensive game anyway. I, listen, I don't think the Jags are going to give up 9 or 13 points or 6 or 13 points in this game. I, I think uh, the Colts are going to get in the 20s, mm -hmm. which means the Jags are going to have to score, I believe, 27-plus. And they just came off a game and really two games where their offense couldn't do much. So the big story here is really James Robinson as he gets back on the field. I think the expectation is James Robinson will play. Uh, but to open up the things that we've talked about this week in the passing game, uh, for Trevor to, to kind of get back on track and build some momentum the second half of the season and really play well, I think James Robinson's got to play, and, and that becomes the key to Sunday right now. If the Jags can score some points, it's going to all work around number 25. It has to, yeah, because you have to, be able to you know, you got to put up points for sure, but you also have to be able to control the clock against an offense right now that seems to be firing all cylinders for the Indianapolis Colts. So, yeah, James Robinson playing, I think it, it would be a huge um, – a jolt for this Jaguars offense. It helps Trevor Lawrence out a little bit, who, you know, and uh, maybe we're not critical enough of Trevor, but, you know, the past couple of games hasn't been his best showing. Um, he's going to need a good showing against the Colts defense that can be pretty vulnerable, at least we've seen with guys like, you know, Mike White. Uh, so hopefully James Robinson can go and he's all speed ahead because he definitely helps this offense become a little more dynamic and he puts the defense on their heels a little more. Yeah, the key thing to watch here, too, is turnovers because the Colts have been very good. I, I, going into last week, they were tied for the league lead in forced turnovers. Uh, and Leonard has been a big part of that with forced fumbles and the like. So, uh, in fact, in the Jets game, wasn't he? didn't he do the old punch? Like, it was clear as day. He punched mm -hmm. out that ball. That was a pretty good play. So, uh, they've got a – it's interesting how you can be, like, second in the league and only be four and five uh, yeah. in that category. But they are very good in that category. Maybe the Jags now. They come in bunches, you say, Austin. That they do, they, man. Maybe they the Jets come in bunches. Can get a few more. Oh, okay, Stuart Weber. Before we uh, get you out of here, uh, high school football tomorrow. Let's take a quick peek ahead. We got a game, I think, tonight as well. Yeah. Give us the lowdown on the playoffs. Uh, it's do or die time now in high school football. Yeah, win or go home. Do or die. I like that. Gotta get the victory. More Ted Lasso references. Keep it going, gotta, Stuart. Gotta believe. <laughs> yeah. Gotta oh, believe do or die it. feels a little squid game-ish. Yeah, okay. Do or die. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. A good point. Uh, so as you mentioned, we've got one game tonight. It's Fleming Island on the road at Gainesville Buholtz, and that's going to be a tough, tough ask for Fleming Island because Buholtz is the top seed in that region and a team that has beaten. Bartram Trail, Bowles, and Sandalwood this year. So wow. uh, they've got some pretty good victory as a, under their belt. But, hey, you never know with Fleming Island getting hot at the right time of the year. They snuck their way into the postseason by winning some tightly contested games at the end of the year. So we'll see if the Golden Eagles can keep it going. That district is actually a really interesting one as we look at the first round of the playoffs. We all know that Fletcher won that district in 7A, and they earned the fourth seed in that region because of it three other teams in that district all making the postseason. So Fleming Island, Nice, and Atlantic Coast all in there as well. So four out of the eight teams in that region playoff coming from our local district in 7A. So we're certainly keeping an eye on that. I think the, the big theme of round one in the playoffs, at least 
from my vantage point is rematches. We've got three really good rematches on the schedule. Teams that played each other back in district play, decided the district champ, and now they got a rematch going on in the postseason. So Riverside Columbia has turned into a fantastic rivalry over the last few years. And in 2019, those two teams met both in the regular season and in the postseason. Both of those games went to overtime. The second one, double overtime. This year, it was Riverside losing a late lead to Columbia. So Columbia won that game 28-26, and with it, the right to host what is our de facto game of the week. As I say in the show, in the playoffs, every game is kind of a game of the week just because, you know, it's the playoffs. Everyone is huge. Everyone matters. But that's the one that's going to get top billing for us. Riverside and Columbia take two. I think and Riverside, by the way, had six turnovers in that game and still only lost by two. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. They, uh, they are going to try to avoid doing that here in Lake City uh, tomorrow night. So that's one of our rematch rivalry games we've got. We've got Parker and Reigns. That was a 13-9 to game the first time around. So defense uh, reigning supreme there this year, or this time rather. It's going to be at the graveyard. So we'll see how round two goes for that one, as well as Ed White and Baker County. So those are some of the rematches that I've got my eye on for Friday night that are going to be really exciting, really fun to, to see those district rivals meeting in the postseason. And, heck, I, I like to spot, like, some, some of the teams that have made huge turnarounds from last year to this year, talking about Jackson at home for a playoff game. Just tremendous on their part. You talk about Bishop Kenny, who won once last year. They won seven times this year. They got to go on the road out to the Panhandle and take on Wakulla. But uh, a good run for them could continue. You never know how it's going to go uh, when you got to make that trek out west. But uh, certainly props to Bishop Kenny for their big turnaround. Talk about Nice with a big turnaround. Some of these schools that didn't do as well last year in what was a wacky, odd year, getting a chance for redemption this season, and it's really cool to see, at least from our perspective. All right, well, we'll have the Blitz Scoreboard Show Playoff Edition tomorrow, 9 o'clock, right here on ESPN 690. Kevin Sullivan will join us. Uh, we got a couple more weeks left of that, a couple more weeks left of the Friday Night Blitz. That's at 1030 on Fox 30, 1120 on 30 CBS teams are left. 30. 30 teams. 30 to go. As we, we uh, do the countdown, which includes five in Georgia, by the way. Uh, a weird thing this year with the Georgia schedule, three of the games are actually be playing on Saturday. So uh, <laughs> some Saturday football up there in uh, the Peach State. All right. Uh, well, we'll see the goal to get to December and still be playing football for so many of these teams. We'll see who can make it there um, coming up. Uh, it all starts tomorrow in the high school football playoffs. All right, Weber. Appreciate it, man. Thanks Absolutely. For in. Nice I mean, you're welcome. A, to stay. A good want. hearty segment. Yeah, yeah. Some, some would say the hardiest. Brent, you know, like, as we talk about those shows, I, I just it, it dawned on me, Squid Game's not for you, man. All right? Too too psychological, too in-depth thinking. You like more of those feel-good, those just kind of sit down, have some popcorn type of shows, like, you know, obviously Ted Lasso and Yellowstone. Different strokes did, for different folks, man. Did you, I guess did so. you just call me mentally weak? I'm just saying I think you like more of a popcorn TV show like Yellowstone. Because I'm, I'm reading the synopsis. The series follows the conflicts along the shared borders of a large... Large cattle ranch. Oh no! One the first season, he, he took my oats. Got to get my oats back. Oh no! The second season, all the crops are drying up. What are we gonna do? Kevin Costner, come save us! Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna skip that one. Appreciate it. It's a little Little House of the Prairie esque. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Somebody called Laura Ingalls Wilder. Yeah, that's right. I called Good it. Name drop. You Good better drop. believe it, man. There I got you. Go. All right, Weber, it's safe to get out of here, I yep. think. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to run. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Rolls on from Spring Sports Brewery. 7 o'clock, Jaguars All Access. That comes up on Fox 30. 6 o'clock, by the way, Casey and Brian Middleton. 
Action Sports Jacks Extra, and that will lead into a little NFL football tonight with Westwood One coverage on ESPN 690. We have the Ravens and the Dolphins. Is it a blowout? Well, let's go over the uh, odds, the over-under, and who's going to win. We make our Thursday picks when we come back on ESPN 690. I mean... I don't know. I'm a, I love football, so it don't really matter to me, you know. It's just the recovering part from the last game. But I'm good, dude. I'm ready, I'm ready to play, especially this in South, South Florida. That is Lamar Jackson. I saw this stat about Lamar Jackson today. 351 yards a game, which is more than like, I don't know, like a dozen teams, I forget the number, have this are averaging this year. <laughs> wow, yeah. How about that, you know? Yeah. But but that being said, the Ravens have been kind of weird, right? I mean, the the Ravens have won a bunch of overtime games. Feels like every game's in overtime. I think I gave the stat earlier in the week. They're 3-1 and one when trailing by double digits at halftime. <laughs> like, who in the history of football is 3-1 and one in that situation? Wild, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but so what is it about the Ravens this year? Is it? Their offense takes too long to come to life? Or is it their defense isn't kind of like the defense that we thought the Ravens would be? Yeah, to me, it, this relies more on them, their defense and really their identity. Because the success of the Ravens, you know, since Lamar Jackson has been there, um, yeah, it's been running the football. It's been Lamar Jackson using his legs more than his arm. But the anomaly of this season is the fact that, oh, just wait a second, Lamar Jackson can actually throw the ball as well, and he can use his legs. So the offense, to me, has maybe got a little bit of an upgrade in terms of, well, now he's truly a dual threat guy because he's beating you with his arm as well. Now the running back position is obviously taking a hit, but, you know, the, they have wide receivers. Bateman's getting healthy. Mark Andrews is still being Mark Andrews. Hollywood Brown's maybe taking a, the next step forward. So they have weapons there on offense. The difference between... You know, the, the, the previous years and this year, though, is that their defense has been surrendering way too many points, has been giving up way too many plays. And then that's not been, you know, that has been the identity of a Jim Harbaugh coach team the past how long? I'm sorry, John Harbaugh, not Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, John. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, there's Miami Dolphins. Is Tua even playing today? What's the latest, know. Casey Kurtz? Is Will Fuller playing? No, he's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go again. Yeah. <laughs> there you go again. He would have been ready for Indy on Brent, Sunday. Yeah, but Brent, for, for some reason, Brent wanted him here, but, yeah, he's not playing again. Uh, no, is, is Tua playing? I have no idea. I'm sorry. No. He's not playing. No. Who's the backup again? Jacoby Brissett. That's right. Okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Excitable. That's right. Well, no, because, you know, I mean, he, he offers some – he's, he's, he's a dual threat guy himself. So, it's like – to me, it's like dual threat versus dual threat tonight. I'm trying to hype the game up. I'm critical of a lot of, like, backup quarterbacks, and I wonder why Blake Bortles doesn't get more of a shot sometimes. Jacoby Brissett's not one I'm critical of. Like, that guy's won games. Like, he, he can – I think they feel pretty good with Jacoby Brissett as a backup. Like, I think he is the backup that – that's the intended nature of the backup position is he can go in there. He's got some experience. He's played in a lot of football games. He's won football games. Yeah. He can go in there and not make mistakes. He's probably not going to go – crazy and lead you to the win and on his shoulders type of thing that's not the nature of the backup spot so like i think they feel good like when you say the craziest thing is you say tua it can't play but uh but jacoby Brissett's playing i'm not sure it does anything to the way you thought the game was gonna go 
Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when Tua played against Jacksonville, I mean, I sat here and said that the ceiling when Tua is in is a lot higher as opposed to Jacoby Brissett. Now, maybe the Jacksonville game, that was true because Tua had, you know, maybe a career day um, against the Jaguars in London. But when it's all said and done, the next couple of weeks, it wasn't like Tua was really blowing the doors off of the league. So, yeah, I don't think you're really missing much now with Jacoby Brissett being in over Tua Tungabaiola. Now, let's get to uh, Captain Rick right now. Florida Sports and Fishing Report's been hanging. Thanks for hanging around. Uh, Captain Rick, how was it today on the water? Uh, I tell you what, it's getting better every day, Brent. In fact, yesterday turned out to be a little better than I thought, even when we went on the air yesterday. My buddy Captain Craig Sutton on the Fishtastic fish just inside the Gulf Stream, mostly about 150 feet of water, and had four very nice mahi. Uh, all of them what we call gaffers, which are your bigger mahi, and uh, that's a that's a fine this, uh, November day right there, I can tell you. Didn't get in on the wahoo, but pretty well stayed on the mahi all day. Said so they missed several fish. They also caught a few kingfish. Inshore right now, uh, catch and release flounder is awfully good, and the sheep's head are biting really well. Now, the sheep's head, for the most part, are still in the river. They're not as thick along the jetties as they are on rock piles further up in the river and that makes it easy because we don't have that big easterly swell at the jetties that makes it kind of hard and maybe even dangerous to anchor too close to the jetty. You can get swept into those rocks awfully careful if you're not, awfully easily if you're not careful. Now, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be kind of up in the air. I think it's going to be a mostly big boat day as our wind actually increases just a little bit out of the north. I don't think your smaller boats are going to be at the Gulf Stream tomorrow. And then we've got another front coming in, another cool down. So uh, our temp water temperature has already dropped from near 80 all the way down to the upper 60s, right at 70 degrees. That's certainly got all the migrations in motion. It's going to chill down even more before the start of the week. But we'll be back tomorrow to give you an update on that and a whole lot more with a fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping who is hiring their paying top dollar for quality landscapers. Hey, Rick, man, I have a question for you real quick. Yeah, man. So, okay, so you mentioned sheep's head. They have some gnarly-looking teeth. Can they actually bite you, and have you been bit by a sheep's head before? My second finger on my right hand says yes. <laughs> says, okay. <laughs> says without a doubt they can bite you. Dang. I, I've got something else. Is, is there good news for Austin? Because he doesn't like sharks, so that means the waters are getting cooler. Sharks go away. Is that a, a myth? Uh, or is that real? Yeah, they're, they're thinning out now. No, it is definitely real. Now, the problem is, in the wintertime, we don't get a lot of sharks, but we get quite white. So that's not necessarily a good thing. No, um, I've seen Jaws a couple we, times. Well, let me tell you, Jacksonville, the waters off northeast Florida are actually breeding grounds for right whales and the right whale calves are the favorite food of one great white sharks wow a hmm. a great white shark will literally find a whale in nova scotia and as she migrates south to give birth to her calf off of jacksonville florida uh the shark will follow her the whole way wow. and that's, wow. that's that's hard to imagine but that's when we see the great whites here is when we uh, when we have the whales calving. That's usually a little later than now. We get them in January and February. But I'll make sure and take Austin fishing as soon as the great whites show up. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Captain Rick. Bye, guys. All right, that's the food chain talk right there. Oh, I like that. Uh, and by the way, 
If, if you've never seen a sheep's head before, Google sheep's head teeth. Yeah, they're ugly. Oh, looking. man. They're so they're, they're good. They're Because they're, I've had a sheep's head sandwich before at a restaurant. Fantastic. Mwah. Chef's kiss. But they are an ugly-looking fish. Yeah, they are an ugly-looking fish. Ugly looking fish. How about that story? I didn't know that about the... Following the, the whales? The great white. Yeah, I mean... I know, man. That's, that's stalking. Treating, the, they should be arrested. Treating Jacks like your own personal Arby's? We, we have all the meats all of a sudden? Hey, That's well, stop. well, good thing we scheduled a surfing event now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, last well, November, hey, hey, Captain Rick just said it's more like January. I'm yeah, still yeah, terrified. I'd be, I'm so I'd, terrified. I'd call out. Like, I'd be like, I'm good. I mean, it really makes you wonder how they haven't figured out how to walk on land yet. If, they, if they're pulling these kind of maneuvers. It really makes you wonder why people even land. go in the ocean. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right? It's, it's not for us. No. Well, it's not our home. Like, but have the odds gone up in the shark bite world? Versus, Probably. Versus, it feels like we get a lot. Like, I feel like I see it a lot. Yeah. But is that just, but there are also a lot of people that swim in the ocean that don't, you know what I mean? So per capita. I can tell you next time you're uh, in the TV studio, there is a PowerPoint. Because when I worked down there, I remember setting it up on the touch tam. So um, go look for that PowerPoint. It's like shark bite, what's more likely to happen. And yeah. I actually remember the last slide, you're more likely to be killed by a cow. I don't know why that just popped in my head, but you're more likely to be killed by a cow than yeah, by a shark bite. So I'm not going to a dairy farm and cow tipping. I guess, man. According to Action <laughs> News Jacks like a couple months ago when I was there. Yeah, but, okay. It's not like I'm surrounded by cows, though, either. You know, like the ocean's the ocean, and there's going to be sharks in there. We're not going to dairy farms and trying to pick a fight with a cow. So, like, those, yeah. it's kind of like the whole, well, you had a better chance of being struck by lightning. Well, do I? Cause that was on the PowerPoint, yeah, definitely. Because when it's storming outside, I'm not staying out there with a golf club, holding my arm out in the sky, say, hey, please come get me. When yeah. I'm in the ocean, it's like, well, you know. We just shouldn't be there. We just shouldn't well, be there. Well, it, it is a fair point. Uh, I don't know if we shouldn't be there, but it's a fair point that uh, you're probably not going into the cow pasture uh, to go play, like, two-hand touch football. True. But you are going into the shark den. Yeah. To go swim. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah. like, you're putting yourself in the situation. Yes, you are. Yeah. Now, it is one big shark tank. Yeah. So. But isn't it creepy? That's like, why you the never odds know? Are... No, that's yeah, not. That's, that's, see, there is something. I mean, the, there's something yeah. awesome about swimming in the ocean. Stressing there's other, just talking about it. It's just a matter of how, you know, Hands mentally weak you are, like Austin seems to be about this oh. subject. Bad, bad oh, choice of okay. words. So, so mentally weak, okay? It's good enough. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Brent, because last time I checked, I haven't seen any surfing videos of you out there, so <laughs> you, you, you be sure to send me those, Mr. B.A., because I haven't seen you surfing. Mr. <laughs> B.A. Uh, how about uh, we, we pick the game? Yeah, let's do that. Casey, yeah. I think you're the... <laughs> I suck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said it, not me. I'm the worst. Sorry, um, And my plan was... Um, to just pick kind of risky the rest of the year. Mm. But I was kind of depressed last week. So That's dangerous. I've changed yeah, my mind on that, and um, I'm going to go for the the late-night comeback. So with that being said, yeah, you're going to have to give me the Ravens to win the game. Money line. All right, huh? give us the spread <laughs> in the, yeah. the over-under. <laughs> yeah, money line. <laughs> Already taking the point. <laughs> okay, uh, money line it is. So the spread would be eight and a half. Ooh, juicy. And the over-under would be 46. Don't love either of those. Man. This will now, you guys both won last week, so it will have to go by fantasy what yeah, happened. I think Brent won and I lost. So. Okay. I usually win, but I didn't have a great week. Well, I think you won, though, didn't I you? I usually or not? win, he said. 
Well, I do. Look how many points I get each week. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why I lead the whole league by two two games. Relax, though, Hop, because playoffs haven't started yet. Yeah. I'm I mean, just telling you, so far. Yeah. I'm about to make some crazy trades. I'm just telling you facts. Brent, the, the, the guy you just played had three guys that wasn't playing, so let's, let's relax, <laughs> that though. That is huh? true. And okay. by the way, in case he, he, he had three guys on a Marcel, bike. who forgot to, like, put his lineup yeah. in. Thank so God. What, what, what are we really saying about this league right now? My boys on. are trash. If anybody wants to trade and you're in the league, just send me anything. I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, the uh, I'm saying the grand prize is going to be pretty good if it's holds true and keeps going. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so so I get to pick next. That we is correct. So. so we think so. So it's eight and a half uh, or forty six. Forty six even. Forty six even. Forty six even. Twenty four, twenty three. You win. <clears throat> See, I can't like sit in the last place position all the time. It's a little tough for me because I actually think the Dolphins are going to cover this. Um, let me have five. For, I haven't gone the over/under since you guys told me I was out of my mind, and then I won. So let's uh, let's go over here yeah. with the 46 points. That's what I would have did too. Dang it! All right. Um, Austin, just want to throw this out there. Yes. Uh, both teams three and five against the spread. But you know what that means. Yeah. But I also I also say that the uh, the way team has won against the spread on Thursday night football every week but one. The okay. Dolphins are at home, if you didn't know. Yeah. I feel like the more I'm reading about it, everyone's taking the Dolphins here with the points. Why? I, I have no idea. Go and give me the Ravens. Yeah. All right. I'm taking the Ravens. Plus, what, eight, whatever? Eight. Yeah. Well, minus. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Minus eight. <laughs> try to, try to. Eight and a half. <laughs> minus eight and a half, Baltimore. Give it to me. All right. All right. So you go in Baltimore. All right. So yes. there it is. Um, Okay, we'll come back. We put a bow on the show. There's been some headlines around the NFL. Uh, we got some Thursday night football. I don't know if it will be a good one. Doesn't look great on paper, but hey, there have been many Thursday nights that haven't looked great on paper and been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to the game on ESPN 690, part of our Westwood One coverage. 7 o'clock, we have Jaguars All Access on Fox 30 right here from Strings. Got a good crowd already building here at Strings Sports Brewery. And don't forget, as I work backwards, uh, Casey and Brian Middleton, We'll have a half-hour Action Sports Shacks Extra coming up in 20 minutes at 6 o'clock on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. Well, I talked to Coach uh, early this week. You know, I could get a call at any point here. Um, we're excited. Um, we're excited as a family. Um, you know, if, if it comes down to a game, I told my wife I'll, I'm playing, and then I'll, I'll see you at the hospital afterwards. Uh, and she knew that. She knew that. She's been great. But uh, Coach has been understanding with meetings and everything. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, confident God will time it up the way it's supposed to work out. But uh, we're pretty excited as a family. Baby number two coming for Carson Wentz and uh, says he's played in the football game, even if uh, the baby decides to uh, be born on Sunday afternoon. So yeah. uh, he will face the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, on Sunday. That game will be on CBS 47. We'll be in Indianapolis for that one uh, busy weekend ahead once again uh, with high school football playoffs. Uh, Florida State against Miami. Remember when FSU Miami was like a headliner? <laughs> you feel like, you know, this week and after the last few years, you got to look up who they play this week. Oh, they're playing Miami. No, for sure. <laughs> I mean, might as well go ahead and, you know, f flex that game to Tuesday or something. <laughs> You're really good. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, you good. I don't know. I'd watch that on Tuesday. <laughs> I just, I remember as a kid, like, I always say this to people. 
Like, obviously, you grew up and you're in, like, Wisconsin Badger yeah. land, right? So yeah. it's huge mm -hmm. in the whole state. Is there anything that even, like, uh, invades any of the borders of Wisconsin? Or is, like, everybody Wisconsin is, like, 100% Badger? No, I mean, it's, it's usually 100% Wisconsin in terms of collegiate fandom. But when you talk about, like, uh, professional, um, it's definitely there's some Bears fans that kind of make their way from the south a little bit. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, we're, we're, we, you, you share the border with Illinois, so sometimes you get some of those Illinois boys, as they call them, come up there. So that's, yeah. that's always back and forth. But there's no, like, fighting Illini fan. That's what, like, it's all I have yet to meet a fighting Illini fan. <laughs> I mean, maybe Smoot, I guess, would be a fan because he played for them, right? He went to Illinois. Uh, yeah, Jihad Ward. Jihad Ward, uh, yeah. Uh, Shad Khan, Tony Khan. Yeah, so, are they fans? <laughs> you know, you, I mean, are, are they rocking their fighting checks, Illini so. gear? I've never seen any <laughs> Illini gear getting rocked by any of those gentlemen, so. Uh, I don't know. The, so, my point in this is, you know, you're in the state of Florida. Like, I, I've worked in different states. Ohio, they, everybody loves Ohio State. You can get to a northern pocket Mm -hmm. Like Toledo area, and there's Michigan fans. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Uh, LSU is all LSU. Like, it doesn't bleed over Texas or Alabama or Mississippi. It doesn't. It's mm -hmm. just, it's all LSU. And Florida, obviously, is very divided because of uh, so many different schools, but especially Florida, Florida State, and, and Miami. Uh, so what I'm getting at here is, like, I don't remember as a kid when I was in my heyday of, like, watching and growing up as a fan and watching every sport possible. Like, even if they put ping pong on TV, I probably would have watched it. Like, seeing the Gators. Like, to me, they weren't, like, this wow brand. Yeah. To me, it was FSU. And it was my end. Like, because you know why? That's the game that was, like, on ABC on a Saturday night with Keith Jackson calling the game. You know, so that's the one. Now, I also remember Nebraska-Oklahoma and, and those kind of games. And so Nebraska is totally different in that respect now. But just from a guy in New England, a Rhode Island kid that loves sports, uh, that, that really college football doesn't weigh heavy on anybody uh, in, in that area of the country. Um, I, I always It's always interesting to me because by the time I think the Gators got rocking and rolling it, under Spurrier, well, then I was like, late high school on my way to college type stuff so like yeah. if you're thinking like 96 gators and warfel and spurrier and all those well i was in college and i don't remember watching a whole heck of a lot other than sosa and mcguire square off <laughs> no for sure i mean you know, you know coming from the midwest it was all about you know the the teams that were playing for championships and you know it, it was florida State a little bit but, but i mean as a kid I, I distinctly remember miami and, and just the power of yeah. the u and just the, the you know the, the whole brand that was the u because it didn't matter if you were in florida or if you're in wisconsin like wearing that logo it, it was the cool thing to do regardless of where you live just because of you know what, what they stood for and the swagger that they had so i remember i had some miami hurricane stuff did you really? Yeah, I had a pair of Miami Hurricane Zumbas, and I had a pair of Miami Hurricane uh, pajamas. <laughs> Zumbas? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, my, I ended up getting, like, my, my grandma bought me some, like, at a rummage sale for, like, I don't know, like a quarter. So I had a pair of Hurricane Zumbas, and then I also had, you know, like, when they used to do, like, the Looney Tunes characters with different, like, logos? I had a Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian Devil, like, Miami Hurricane shirt. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Yeah, man. It does show you, though. I mean, I think you're right about that. And I, I don't. I think Miami was more like that. Miami was, in that sense, like the Dallas Cowboys, right? Like, if yep. you didn't have an NFL team, like, you might wear something like that, the Lakers or whoever. Uh, FSU didn't carry that, I don't think. Like, I didn't see as much gear for FSU, but I would, like, randomly kind of the same way, see, see people wearing uh, Miami Hurricane stuff. I'm not sure it was Zumba's or not. Uh, I get your point. We grew up in that stage, too. Um but FSU didn't seem to carry that, but you knew they were always on TV. You knew they were good. Like, you knew what Bobby Bowden looked like. You know, you knew who he looked like. You knew Charlie Ward. You knew these things, uh, uh, even if you weren't from here. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, for everybody from here that grew up around college football, that's like a hard thing to kind of understand because, like, it's in your blood. Like, you grew up around this all the time. Like, you can name all of everybody, and you're like, what do you mean it wasn't a big deal in Rhode Island? <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> College football just not a big deal in Rhode Island. I mean, you yeah. get Notre Dame because of the Catholics. So you have Brown and uh, against Harvard, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and you have Doug Flutie in Boston College for a minute. And that was about it. So um, it's it's just it always it's really interesting to me because since I've left Rhode Island, I've been in a few hotbeds of of college football: Ohio, Louisiana, and of course now uh, now in Florida. So uh, pretty wild. Hey, uh, let's end the show. A quick uh, little baseball talk. And, Casey, I shared this with you. Uh, Scott Boris said that the tanking is bad. The tanking is is why the uh, Atlanta Braves won the World Series and have built this. And also said, like, the trade deadline is bad in big league baseball because it allows a team to rebuild its roster the way Atlanta did. I don't think I agree with Boris. Now, Boris is crazy, right? Boris is ruined more about baseball most likely because if you're a player, you love him because he'll get the most money. But you can make the case he's ruined baseball on a lot of levels. Like, you can you can build that argument. Uh, he's, and by the way, if you don't know who Scott Boris is, like, he is, like, the big agent in, in baseball. Like, the agent. Everybody's got him. And uh, he Sounds like a Bond team. villain, but okay. Scott he, Boris. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he he can be, depending on how you look at it, he is one of the villains of baseball. But, again, if you're a player, everybody signs up with him because he's going to get you the most money. So um, I just think it was a – I think Casey put bad take. Uh, and I would agree. Like, I think the trade deadline is actually a good thing for Major League Baseball. I don't view it – it was interesting to hear that because I was like, I don't view that as a bad thing. Hey, you still have a chance to compete. What do you want to do? play the last two months where like you don't care about it or you can kind of replenish your team a little bit fill in some injuries and now you have more teams that can do that and potentially be in the mix yeah and uh, i put this is an outstandingly bad take because scott <laughs> boris is a clown and i don't understand why they keep letting him like speak in Get front him. of microphones Get no him, it's Casey. just ridiculous like who cares you're an agent nobody cares what you have to say about the game itself like you represent the players but you're obviously not a player coach or gm uh by the way every sport has a trade deadline and all the teams try to make their teams better and the well, season's well that's not true that's not true like the nfl it, no deadline is as impactful as major league baseball i mean you just saw the trade deadline in, in the nfl i mean who did what nobody really did anything the rams didn't get better Okay, Rams, well, we'll see. They got Von Miller, yeah, and now they just add Odell Beckham Jr. Well, that's my okay, point. Okay, so that's like every one, like not everybody. I mean, like there were like three moves made. Yeah, but every year you have the opportunity to make your team better in every sport. I got you. Yeah. So to say that is ridiculous. And then he goes on the article to say, oh, by the, he pretty much says, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then he goes, oh, by the way, you should pay Chris Bryan and Carlos Rondon millions of dollars because I represent them. Hmm. Oh, so, yeah. So well, what yeah. are we doing? 
I mean, the rest of the article was kind of like, if you see some of the, if you could read the quotes, we don't have time to do it, but it's like, did he really just say that? <laughs> like, it's really weird. Some of it's weird. But I think the overall story is you've got a powerful guy in baseball, not really like making the rules or anything, but certainly tipping the scales of how people are paid and luxury tax stuff and everything else and saying the 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 trade deadline's bad. I totally disagreed with him. And what caught my attention, um, Austin and Casey, is the fact that he's got, uh, what's his name? I'm a, the Yankee guy. Who's the Yankee ace? Garrett Cole. I, Cole. Yes, he uh, does. So he's got Garrett Cole, and Cole lost, like, the playoff game. So yeah. he got all this money for Cole, and you could have had the 100-win team or whatever participate in the World Series if his client pitched a little better down the stretch. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be complaining if his guys get traded to a better situation, by the Yo, way. Because I'm sure true. he's working that. Uh, Chris Bryant got traded to a better situation, so I'm sure he had nothing to do with that. Dude's a clown. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, he's a monster. I don't like the dude. He's a monster. Yeah, I mean, I don't in, in the know game. anything about him, but I'm, I'm not very impressed so far what I've been hearing. Well, no, I think, yeah, he's very villain type character, and I don't would think he's good for the sport overall. Would you buy him a beer, Brent? Would you put him on the board? No. Oh. Um, i got to put somebody on the board, but there might not be room on the board. I'll go check, and I'll tweet it out. So okay. if somebody's going on the board, I'll put it up. Uh, I forgot to look at that. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, we will, uh, Casey and Brian has uh, Action Sports Shacks Extra coming up at 6 o'clock, so stay tuned. More on ESPN 690, 7 o'clock, turn on your TV, Fox 30 uh, for Jaguars All Access, and then uh, Westwood One coverage of the NFL tonight, Ravens and Dolphins, right here on ESPN 690 as well. All right, fellas, have a good one. We'll do it again tomorrow. Sounds from, good, uh, man. Have a good Extreme night. Extreme Wings on Roosevelt Boulevard. Come on out say hello tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Have a good night. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.